On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, we are talking about the Grey Cup. It is coming to Hamilton. The city of Hamilton is going to be putting some money and in-kind things towards it. How much is that going to be? How much is going to be coming into the city? We talk about that one. We're also talking about Jussie Millett. Smollett. You've heard the story in Chicago, the alleged racial and homophobic hoax. What should happen to something like that? And the Oscars. It's this weekend. Do you care? Lauren Lieberman and me coming up now. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. The story, I would argue, this week that has been going on everywhere is this story about Jussie uh, Smollett. Juicy Smollett, Jussie Smollett. I'm not sure how you say his first name exactly. Uh, The story, for those five of you who don't know this story, because I'm assuming most do, he is an actor on the show Empire. He is a black man. He is an openly gay actor. Says that back a number of days ago, he was at a Subway store in Chicago at two in the morning or something on a freezing cold night, went to get his sandwich. And as he came out, two men who were walking the streets of Chicago saw him, recognized him, screamed racial and homophobic epithets at him. And pro-Trump. A pro-Trump comments yes. as well. Then beat him, poured bleach over him, tied a noose around his neck and threatened him before taking off. And this story, Lauren, as you know, as most people listening know, got unbelievable, as it would. It's a, it's a horrendous story. It is a, I mean, the idea that we live in a time when a lynching could happen is stunning and horrifying. Uh, got tons of coverage. Many of the Democratic, particularly leadership, presidential hopefuls weighed in on it. Actors, actresses, musicians, athletes. Yesterday, the Chicago police, after doing a lengthy investigation, have concluded that this was entirely a hoax, that he paid two Nigerian brothers to carry this out. The whole thing was done either to get him attention or to bump up his salary or... One would do the other. Increase his celebrity would get him a better contract. What is... I don't even know where to go on this. Here's the biggest problem that I have with this, Lauren, and I, I I will put... If I was a betting man, I would put money on this. The charge that he is facing now for whatever it is, mischief or whatever, carries a potential three-year prison term. That's mm-hmm. the max. Mm-hmm. Jussie Smollett, I will bet you, if he sees the inside of a jail, it will no. be for an incredibly short period of time. No, he will pay a massive fine, though. How is If this had truly happened... If there really had been two guys roaming around the streets of Chicago who had tried to lynch a gay black man using those epithets and they had been caught, they would be facing enormous jail times. How, to me, the only answer to these kind of things is that this guy, he should be going to jail for a long time. So first off, this wasn't his first attempt to get attention his way. He, he mailed himself some hate mail that the media didn't pick up on enough to his satisfaction. Um, clearly, there's something mentally wrong with this guy. This is not a normal uh, decision-making process to elevate your career. But do you remember a few years ago, there was a, was it an, a, an a, a attempted abduction or something? There was a little Girl. In Toronto? Yes. That wasn't a couple of years ago. That was last, last this is this winter w- with the hijab that was, yes. uh, that was pulled yes. off allegedly. So yes. Last year. Well, in before Christmas. Yeah. But this winter, but just before Christmas. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I believe, I think it was that I, recent. I think it was, I think it was the year. Anyways, okay. um, stories like that in this age of which we live where who knows what the fake news is, it's all fake news, doesn't really help things. It hurts immensely. It's terrible for future actual victims. Um, And we as uh, consumers of these stories that we absorb and and try and take them in will become increasingly more skeptical with everything that we hear. It's not exactly the same thing, I understand, but what was the... What has been in the Me Too thing with the Gian Gomeshi and Bill Cosby and all these other ones, what has been the rallying cry for people? Believe all victims. Believe the victims. And I think that most people 
in their heart of hearts want to believe that if someone comes forward with a complaint that someone has been sexually assaulted, it's a horrible thing, or someone has had a hate crime perpetrated against them, we want to, in our heart of hearts, believe that nobody would do that unless it happened. We want to believe them so we can then move forward and look after this. And you're exactly right. When you have a case like this then, we become more cynical and more jaded and less likely to believe those victims. So you can scream from the mountaintops, believe the victims, but why? And I understand, and some people will point this out, and it's a very valid point. This is one example. For every one that's a hoax, there might be a hundred that aren't hoaxes. But that's still one that's a hoax that got all the attention. In theory, though, it's a good plan. Okay, so if you've got... It's a good plan. What it... What it is that Jesse Juicy ventured to do. We, we do know his name now. I didn't know who he was before. Um, it just wasn't. Yes, one of the Democratic presidential hopefuls, by the way, I think it was, is it Camilla Harris? Referred to him initially in tweet as one of the most famous black men in America. It's like, well, I'd he never is even, now. I'd never even heard of right, him. Right, but he is now. Yes, he, well, he is now. Uh, so to some extent, it's mission accomplished. Um to generate self-crisis to then get some rally behind you is a decent strategy. It It is, but not. So first of all, this was extremely poorly executed. And second of all, this is way too serious. This isn't a publicity stunt. This is madness to go to all that trouble to get your name in the What paper. is the, what would be the, uh, I would argue that if you were going to touch on the symbols that would be the most toxic for race in the United States. Of course, the, the news. A Ku Klux Klan white hood and would be in there. Sure, you're going to bleach a man of color. Like, and a noose. So and, thought went into this. And a noose would be right of up course. there. Of course. And so you are in Chicago where they have a race, race crisis and where there are people there, and, and there was a, a, a race relations, a, a, an activist for the black community who actually came out and said, we could have had race riots because of this. Mm-hmm. He was not defending mm-hmm. Jussie Smollett. No, no. We could have had race riots because of this, mm-hmm. because of the symbolism mm-hmm. of the noose. And again, I go back to my point. You said, well, this is a sick man. This is an unwell man. I can't remember the exact word you said. Sure. Either way. But I would argue that someone who would actually use a noose on a black man, if that still happens in 2019, is equally a sick person. And I don't know that saying, well, Jussie or Juicy Smollett is a sick man, therefore we have to go a little easier on him because- I no, don't say we no, have no. to go easier uh, No, I'm him. saying they're going to use this. I believe they're going to say, he, he's clearly not well. Something is going on here. He's a troubled young man. Therefore, no, that, to me, this, this was not, Lauren, there was a lot of planning that went into this. There was yeah. a lot of clear thinking, bad planning. But planning and a lot of clear, coherent, cogent thinking that says this was not an act of insanity. I mean, what he did was insane, but it was not an act of insanity. For sure. And to that end, then, if you want to get to that point where we say believe the victims, you then have to, in my mind, I believe he, and the law doesn't allow it in this case, but you should get the same, if you fabricate a claim against someone you should get the punishment of the actual assailant? That's what I was going to wow. say. Now, uh, and again, to clarify, this is a, not in a case where it becomes a, oh, we're not really sure. We couldn't quite get to the beyond a reasonable doubt. <clears throat> but when it is abundantly clear that it is a hoax, when there's no doubt that it is a hoax, you should pay the penalty the person who you would have had imprisoned would have got. And that, that will stop these hoaxes. He has been given the worst punishment of all, he's been dropped from the television show. He will be back in the public eye. Well, now we know his name. That's right. He will be on Dr. Phil. He will be on Oprah. He will be on with Robin, whatever her name is from ABC that did that fawning interview with him with no critical questions at all. Now, as I say that, the police were saying he was a victim. So those who are completely tarring and feathering the media... I'm not willing to go that far because the police were saying this guy was a victim. Of course. So you're, as a media member, you do have some faith in the police. And so if they are saying we are treating this like a legitimate thing, even if there are 
chasmic questions, you say, oh, well, okay, I'm not doing the investigation. You must be on to something. No, I'm with you there. But you cannot, you cannot treat this thing like it's just, now I heard today there was a story from some paper in England. I don't know where they got this saying, well, he, there, there's reports that he has a drug problem. This is going to be blamed on a, on an untended, untreated drug problem. You cannot just at the end of this say it's a troubled young man and his fine or his penalty is going to be the court of public shame. To me, that's not, because I believe that you should, if you did this, if you did the kind of thing that was talked about. You should be going away for a very long time. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not defending those who would do something like this and coming down harder on him. If you were to attack someone for their gender, for their race, for whatever else, and it's a hate crime, you should be going away for a very long time. But it's not a hate crime when it's a publicity stunt. But it, there was someone making the case today online on a story that I read that this is a hate crime because he was directing it directly at the people who would be Donald Trump's supporters, who would be Republicans, who would be conservatives. Mm. That it's a harder you case to make. You can't do um, hate crimes on middle-aged white guys. They have all the power. You, there is no crime that can be committed on on that demographic. I know you're being... Very facetious. Very facetious. But I've got this list in front of me. Now, someone, I don't know where it came from, but I looked into a, into these and they are legit. So this was not made up. There's new stories of all of these. Since November 2016, it's a list of 22 similar, not exactly the same, but similar. But BS stories. Race or homophobic hate crimes committed that turned out to be hoaxes that got tons of publicity, tons of police resources, and that do exactly what you said, go directly to hurting real victims. And this ultimately is why I'm hoping in this case, especially because it got such publicity, that many of the people who work with victims, many of the people who work in race relations, many of the people who work in this kind of thing are not going to rise to Smollett's defense somehow and let him off the hook here. They're going to say, no, you have done something that has made our job and, and the people I work with lives right. so much worse. Right, but the the response you get out of this is almost like the against capital punishment defense. So it's better that we believe all victims, even when there are Jesse nonsense in the mix, then th- that whole it's better that we never put one innocent man to th- right that which seems to be backwards now we seem to have flipped that we used <coughs> to be better that wa- that a hundred guilty men get away than one innocent man be locked up that used to be the mm. the argument it seems the other way around now better that we believe the victims even if it means there's going to be some collateral damage than to allow a victim to remain victimized. And I don't want victims to remain victimized, but I look at the, for those who are old enough to remember Guy Paul Moran, right, who was tried twice or three times for a murder that he clearly never committed. Watch 2020 or Dateline any night of the week and there's probably some story about someone who was convicted for something they didn't commit. And I, I don't think that it makes it better to have collateral damage. I don't think it's better to have victims or collateral damage. And so the way you help to get rid of that is when someone does something like this that makes it more impossible or more difficult to believe a victim, you come down on them so hard that the next person goes, oh, I I don't know. Yeah, Scott, I'm not with you there. I don't think that the kind of demented mind, the level of ego that would be required to concoct such a ridiculous story is thinking at all about mm, if it goes sideways, maybe I'd be looking at jail time. I don't, I don't think that's in the mix at all. And I don't understand how he got caught. This doesn't make any sense. See, I don't believe that he is, when you say a demented mind, I don't believe he's demented. I don't believe, he, I, I, I believe he was completely sane and completely oh, rational. Oh, of course, but I think, I think to be that desperate to be a higher level celebrity um, shows that there's something very much wrong in your noodle to go to all this trouble so that no um, no relevant to his career people like you and I can now know his name. Okay, right? so we now have a case where there have been 
innumerable politicians and celebrities and others, as I say, who tweeted out, especially, or made public statements in the wake of this, when this thing mm-hmm. first happened, yeah. who now all look like morons. And many of them have deleted their tweets or are trying to run for cover because they just, they don't want any... I don't think they look like morons. Everybody believed the story when it came out. But in, re- but re- in retrospect now, depending on how you worded it, because there were people, there was one, I remember reading today, because I was reading through a whole bunch of these ones, and there was one that said, you know, the police refer to this as an alleged attack. There's nothing alleged about this. Well, that didn't hold up real well. So there are people who look foolish oh, fair, for fine. jumping on board. And again, the next time it happens, and it's a legitimate one, how willing are those people going to be to put themselves... Now, maybe they're just so... Maybe everyone's just so social media. All about media. being first. How, but I think a lot of them are going to say, you know what? Uh, I'm running for president. I'm running for office. I'm a celebrity. I, I got burned on this one once before. I'll wait and find out. And then you have a real victim who's left hanging and blowing in the breeze... To me, this is this is a level of you said it ego, of whatever. It's a level of pride and greed and almost evil that is. It, it, yeah, but Juicy wins. Mission accomplished. We now all know him. He's a way bigger celebrity. You know where? By the way, did you know? Totally not totally off topic. Do you know where his one of his first acting roles was? It's a sports role. Juicy, Jussie. Whatever, Jesse. Uh, he was in the Mighty Ducks. He was one of the players in the Mighty Ducks. Did you know that? I did not. No, I love those that, movies. I found that out uh, yesterday. He was in the Mighty Ducks. Uh, and, you know, he was a cute, lovable kid. I, I don't know what, when you say mission accomplished. I don't know if it's mission accomplished. I don't. I look at another story that has been in the news in the last couple weeks, and that was Lorena Bobbitt. Do you remember Lorena Bobbitt and John Wayne Bobbitt? Sure do. I think every guy remembers Lorena and John uh-huh. Wayne Bobbitt. At that time, and that would have been what, 1988, 89, 90, something around Sounds that time. Right. Yeah. It was a it was a story that you would not say Lorena Bobbitt has become the hero or would become the hero someday. I don't know who was the hero. I don't know that anyone was the hero. John Wayne Bobbitt. It's just a crazy story. It was. He was a guy accused of beating his wife and demanding sex and all this kind of stuff. And she lopped it off. And I don't think anyone looked at either of them and said, yeah, you're a beacon of what we aspire to be in our life. In the last few weeks, on I guess it's on an anniversary or something, Lorena Bobbitt is now somehow being held up as a champion of the Me Too movement, that we want to be like Lorena, stand up for yourself. And I'm reading stories and seeing interviews, and I'm looking saying, I don't think that Jussie, Jesse is there now, but considering our attention span, give it three, four, five years, and I think you may be right that he, this may pay off for him. This may pay off for him. It may. The only reason why it might not is because of the fact that there seem to be plenty of people in the gay and African-American community who are feeling burned burned by this, and they may not welcome him back quite so quickly. As a man of sizable ego, I'm referring to me. I was not going to say it. Fair. <laughs> when I have been lampooned by Graham Mackay of The Spectator... That's certainly not, first of all, he, it's not flattering when he draws me. It is never for just being a good guy, but I love it. I love it that that Graham <gasps> is making fun of me. Um, it means you mean something. You're relevant. Um, and I do have a, um, as much as I have a tremendous ego, I do have a good sense of humor too. And but I can Graham, find... who, by the way, I think has the hardest job in the city of Hamilton, he, and he's the best at it. I, and he's the finest cartoonist on any um, daily paper in this I've country. I've said that a million times. Absolutely. But he doesn't, he's not going to draw you or anyone else unless they are somehow relevant and unless there's some sort of recognition of who that person is. And so, yeah, it is a, it can be a slap if you get But it's a badge down, of honor slap. But and it's I'm a not, badge of honor. Right. And I'm not suggesting that's anywhere near where. But here's what's going to happen. I, I really think we got to go to a break. Here's what's going to happen with Jussie. And this is why I think it's such a problem. I think that he is going to be 
basically given a light touch because they will use the thing about how he was confused or disturbed or on drugs or something. There will be some explanation given sure. to turn... There's a PR firm creating it as we see. To speak. turn him into a victim. Yes. And the next thing will be that there will be many people, and it's already started, saying, okay, even though his case may not have been true, it was he was doing something for the greater good. It was right. reflective of yes. a problem. And we hear that with every one of these a theoretical cases. lynching. We know this happens, and so he was just drawing attention to it, which, again, uh, maybe I've just missed the news. I haven't heard of the lynchings that have been going on. I don't know that. But the biggest thing about this is it further, Lauren, to me, it further ensconces or helps with the case that I believe in our modern society, the highest badge of honor is victimhood. There is a... There is a status in victimhood. If you are a victim for the right reasons, if you are victimized because of something, there is a status in that. Modern culture has made victim synonymous with hero. Yes. And I don't understand that And there are times, there are times, there are times when that is legitimately true. There are times. It seems to be a universal trade-off. That's what I'm saying. It it is. But there are times if I, if you saw a child being beaten up by somebody and you intervened to stop it and someone stabbed you, you would be a victim. You would be a hero, right? You have done something you've paid a price for. If you are, um, uh, uh, Nathan Cirillo, who's doing his duty, who's in uniform, who's serving the country. And you are shot. I'm I'm fine with you being seen as a hero, as a victim in that one. Nathan Cirillo is a hero based on who he was, not on what he did. Yes. He was a victim that day. Yes. Um, but if you happen to be... Wrong place, wrong time is victim. Yes. I, yeah. No, no. And, 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 but we have the victim status. We, if you, there are, it is clear if there was not a belief that somehow victimhood would be profitable, whether in status or in money, Smollett never would have done this. He never would. Why would you go to this effort if you didn't believe that being a victim could help mm. you? But we've seen others who, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, uh, what's her name, who was the uh, professor in the Kavanaugh hearings? Yes. Who came forward. Whether you agree or disagree, her name recognition went way up, her status went up. She may be a victim, she may not be a victim. I still don't know exactly what happened. You can believe what you want to believe. There's two sides to this coin. But Mm -hmm. she... I don't know that she was doing it. I'm not suggesting that she was doing it to enhance her position, but it did ultimately make her more famous and make her more well-known and many people rallied around her. And so if you look at that and you say, now I can make myself like that, there is a, there can be a benefit. It sure is a lot easier to be a victim than a hero. And if you make them interchangeable, there's an easier route. We'll take a break. That's a great way to end it. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, Last night, while we were on the air here, probably 24 hours and 13 minutes ago, almost, there was an announcement that the, actually be 23 hours and 47 minutes ago, if I do my math correctly, there was the announcement that Hamilton will be getting the 2021 Grey Cup game. I think most people, Lauren, around here are like the idea that we're going to have a great cup. We've got this stadium. We've been 20, it'll have been 25 years since we've had one. Mm -hmm. We only have nine teams in the league. So it's, it's time it comes back here. Mm -hmm. There are clearly, although we'll get to this in a second, there are clearly benefits to the city or there can be benefits to the city with the great cup. When I say I'll get back to it, I say that because the CFL has suggested at times that the economic benefit can be $120 million. Bob Young said it was 100. Andrea Horvath said it was 64. The mayor said it was The mayor 35. said it was 35. Yeah. City staff says it was 32. And an economist down in the States who studies these events says it could be 10. He, Although he was talking about the Ottawa 
Grey Cup. So we don't right. really, but it's something. I mean, t- listen, even if it's $10 million, okay. that is better than nothing. I'm not going to turn down $10 million being pumped into the city. That's, I don't know that we need to necessarily expect that it's going to be $120 million, but $10 million bucks. It, it, let's start there. If the Grey Cup was only going to bring a game, some excitement, and $10 million into the community, that's still a good thing, right? On its face? I think so. No yeah. one's going to be upset with that. If someone walked up to our city and said, here's $10 million, we're going to say, okay, I'll take that. No, we're not going to send them away down to Burlington or somewhere else. Except you can't um, do the evaluation on what um, a Grey Cup is going to bring in until you know who's going to be in it. Partially. Well. Partially. It, it would put it this way. You're, you're right in the sense that it would be absolutely a bigger deal here if Hamilton was in it. Locally, or you're, or you're completely wrong. Well, no, no, because you will have way more people in the city. I know where you're going to go on this. You'll have way more people within the city of Hamilton participate in the Grey Cup parties and everything else if Hamilton is involved. You're saying if, say, Saskatchewan is in the game, all their people are going to travel here, right? So th- there's an interesting um, um, conversation that I was a part of some time ago. That for economic impact, Hamilton is probably the worst city in the rotation as far as economic impact Why? for the Junos. Because Toronto is where the music industry is, and Toronto's just driving in and driving out. They're not filling the hotels. You move it to London, all right, that's an hour further, they're going to sleep over. You put it in Ottawa, well, of course, now they're going to fly. I'm not making that that argument, or, or and I'm not meaning to switch this to the Junos, but if Toronto's in the Grey Cup is not the same, they could come in and out, Toronto fans, if in fact there are any Argo fans remaining. Um, whereas Hamiltonians are not going to be filling um, hotels, um, keeping our airport busy. It's about economic impact. And Saskatchewan, no matter where the Grey Cup is, is the best bang for your buck. Those guys travel more. Let me ask you a question though about the hotel thing, because I, I, your point is is a good point that if you want to fill up the hotels and you want to have people eating at restaurants and all that stuff, I don't know how many hotel rooms we have in the city. Could we possibly have a thousand hotel rooms in Hamilton? Mm. Maybe. Yeah, around there. Maybe. And yeah. if assuming two people stay in every hotel room, yes. there's two thousand people. Now yes. let's say we have fifteen hundred hotel rooms, so we got three thousand people. And the rest of them, where are they going to stay? Burlington. So it's not economic impact for Hamilton then. It's for the region. Yes. They will go to Toronto to stay, some of them, Mm because they'll fly in. If you're coming in from Winnipeg or wherever and you've never been here before, you go, okay, I'm going to do the Grey Cup. I'm going to do a couple nights. Maybe go to the Falls. I'm going to go to the Falls. See the CN Tower. Go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Go to the CN Tower. So it's, it's a little different also from having a Grey Cup in Winnipeg where... You may have been, you and I may have talked about this before. I was in Winnipeg once, and mm-hmm. they have a giant hotel. It's a beautiful hotel right next to the arena. Mm-hmm. It's 30 stories maybe, and I was on the top floor when I was there. And you can actually see the end of Winnipeg. It just, it stops. And there is nothing beyond the end of Winnipeg. Yes. So it, when you're in Winnipeg for a Grey Cup party... That's where you're staying. So you fly into Winnipeg, you stay in a hotel in Winnipeg, you spend all your money in Winnipeg, and then you leave. And Here, there are options. Winnipeg is a very well-designed city that understood its limitations and its weather. And their downtown and their big attraction and amenities all work within that. They're all connected. You can actually stay inside through tunnels and Try walking to Tim Hortons Field for a Grey Cup, i.e. cold, from your hotel. It's a challenge. No, it's definitely, there's, there's going to have to be shuttles. There's going to have to be, but my point with this is, I don't know that we, you're right, I don't know that we in Hamilton can fully get all the economic benefits that some cities can. Of course. Because we have challenges yes. that has nothing to do with the Cats. This is not taking a shot at the Cats. We have challenges that are in the infrastructure that we can't, we can't build a whole bunch of hotels think, overnight. Think of all the ancillary revenue around the stadium precinct. What the, is that up to? The subway and McDonald's on Barton Street. Uh, maybe two argue. packs of smokes no. at the variety store. No, it's, it's, a tough, it's, it's a tough thing that they are going to have well to overcome. We're not well designed for it, yes. 
And so you, Saskatchewan, Regina is a great place for this. Winnipeg yes. is a great place for this. There are others. Uh, this one is a tougher one. So it may be closer to the 10 million than the 120 million. Exactly. I, I, I think it's fantastic we're going to have the game here. Okay. I think it's terrific. I think it's going to be a good party. I think it's going to be good for the city's ego and for all that kind of stuff. I just, if you're going to come out there and say, hey, we're making 50 million, we're making 80 million, we're making a hundred million dollars. Those numbers are. So I booked 200 hotel rooms for the, um, for that date and I'm setting up a website to resell them. That'll be good. Like Montana. You're going to flip our Vermont. Right. I, uh. wonder if anyone's actually done that yet. Since the since the game was announced yesterday, if someone has gone out and booked hundreds of hotel rooms, the and hotels then... aren't stupid. Mm-hmm. They're not taking it yet. I uh, I went to Atlanta to do some recon for the Great I Cup heard. in Hamilton. I heard. Um, I should probably give the bill to the city as I've got a, a solid report to give back. This to was me. you were at the Super Bowl, was, is what you're saying? It yes. Was. Yes, tickets were in the neighborhood of what four thousand bucks, five thousand uh, bucks. Face value, if you could, if you could get them, uh, yeah. Wow, uh, it was it was something. Um, the Grey Cup is to the Super Bowl as Canada is to America. Well, of course, yes, of course, and it's but it's not intended to be the same. The Grey Cup is of supposed course. to be a slice of Canadiana, and it's supposed to be a smaller town feel and a more sure. community feel. Well, but that stadium in Atlanta is not even the same species of what we have here. That's in true. That is true. So here's the thing about this, Lauren, and, and I want to hear more about that if we get a few moments down you know, later on, but because I've never been and I never will be in all likelihood, certainly not sitting in the stands for a Super Bowl. I only have so many internal organs I could sell on the black market in order to Why be able to- Why would send you for that? We're waiting for the first Hamiltonian to be playing in the Super Bowl, then go. maybe- but today it came out that uh, we'd heard in oh a month, two months ago when the Ticats and the CFL came to Hamilton City Council that, remember, we had the in-camera meeting to discuss how much money yes. or in-kind services yes. the city was going to bring forward. And there was a big argument, Brad Clark on one side and a few others against the, the who said we should be having this out in public and mm-hmm. others saying, anyway. Uh, so today, and this was the deal, is that when this was determined that we were going to get it or not, that this money, the amount would come forward. The, ana- the amount that Hamilton, the city of Hamilton, is going to be giving to this is $1.7 million. Mm-hmm. Now, the tricky part about this, my colleague Terry Pekoski from the paper today has been trying to find out, to nail down, okay, what does that mean? $1.7 million. That could be $1.6 million in cash and some people to help with some stuff, or it could be $1,000 in cash and $1.699 million right. well, what's the in difference? service. It all needs well, to be paid for. Yes and no. I, I think that I think that people would be more... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. People, I think, would be more cranky if we were giving $1.7 million in cash. No. So, for example, to a private enterprise, hundreds of thousands of dollars of the city's contribution will be for police. Yes. Which is real dollars. The police are going to get the real dollars instead of it going from the city <coughs> to the tie cats to the police. So it doesn't All matter. All of it is real dollars. Yes. But there's a really bad, bad for the city of Hamilton. I mean, city hall. They've established a formula here. So when they decide what the economic impact was, and that's a good bet for 1.7, what do they say the economic impact on Supercrawl is? Five billion or something insane every year? Um, Everybody else is going to take their impact studies and say, pay me. Pay me. It goes back to what we were just talking about, is that who's, I listed off that we were, that I was able to find today as I say, the CFL said 120 million to the community. Bob Young said 100 million. Andrea Horvath said 64. The mayor said 35. City staff said 32. And this economist from the state said possibly 10. Whose do you use when you're determining the formula? And at the end of all this, will there be any kind? There's no way. It, see, the problem is, Lauren, there's no way to do an accounting of this. It's a completely theoretical of course. concept. So you could literally almost throw out any number you want and say, this is going to be the economic impact. Right, but the same theoretical formula or the same department at City Hall that is assigning a number to that can assign a number to something else. And therefore, it is good for our economy. What's bigger, Supercrawl or the Great Cup? 
I, I, I is would say super, is Supercar half the size of a Grey Cup? I impact? would say the Grey Cup is bigger for the reason that you will have more people flying in and staying in uh, hotels. Okay, here. Is so it, that would is be it what, twice as big. Because if it's it, let's say for the sake of argument, it's twice as big. Well, then the city should give eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars to Supercar. But logically, that makes sense. And I'm not advocating for Supercrawl to have money or not have money in this scenario. Or any other f- festival. Uh, no, of course. Yeah, yeah, I'm just but... using that as an example. But if you're justifying this on the math as the city of Hamilton, then justify it everywhere else. It does make... See, I'm a big believer that this should be done publicly. I don't, I don't see the need. I don't see the reason for this to be done behind closed doors, for it to be secret. I think it should have come out. But you're right, it has now created a precedent that others are going to come forward. And the big problem with this is, the big challenge perhaps is a better word, that while, again, if, if even if we're going to take the lowest economic impact prediction of $10 million yes. impact to the city, $1.7 million to make $10 million to me is a good trade. That is a good trade-off. But how then, when you talk about super crawl or others, where again, it is an ethereal, not accountable really uh, number, how, when, when Tim Potisic comes forward to City Hall and says, you know what, we now believe that super crawl brings in $50 million right. into the city. How do you then of course, argue well, against that or give money based on that? Or what's the economic impact of the Junos or the Country Music Awards compared to the Grey Cup in Hamilton? And does the city's contribution have to be in line with that? And I'll tell you, it won't be because Hamilton City Hall has a long-standing tradition of funding sports at a much higher rate than funding arts and culture. I, I have some real fears. Um, our stadium is subpar. Not... A, a personal opinion, but anybody who goes to CFL stadiums, there's something wrong with our stadium. But you can make it work. Can you, though? You can make it work. You can dress You're it up. You're going to put on a major event. You just explained, Scott, that we can't make it 35,000. No, we can't make it up to the numbers that a lot okay, of but, these places But the numbers be. are certainly a part of it. Uh, the Grey Cup with 25,000 people is not the Grey Cup. It's not. And... That stadium is a giant disappointment. Its surroundings. I I really hope we don't embarrass ourselves with what we ended up with. That's all. And I'm not being all that super negative. Um, The precinct never happened. The massive amounts of development that are no longer happening because LRT is not happening gives a showcase on the route from your hotel to the stadium of all the non-development empty storefronts. Like, we all need to, everybody needs to get out of town, stop reading the positive headlines in The Spectator about how everything's all wonderful downtown again, and come back with fresh eyes and be critical of our city. The way we improve things is by working on our weaknesses, not beating our chests with how wonderful we are. See, I'm convinced that we can make it work, that we can, that the stadium is not Saskatchewan's mm. new stadium. It's not Winnipeg's it's new not. stadium, but it didn't cost that much money. But it's it can be turned into that for a game. But you were saying we don't want to embarrass ourselves. Right. I, I think the fact is that the Tiger Cats, it, as the hosts, are going to have to work a lot harder than some of these other places would have to make yes. sure that doesn't happen. Do you remember when we had the cycling They can succeed. Here. Yes, I do. They can succeed, but they're going to have to work harder to make that happen. The cycling here, in spite of what you read in your paper on the news or others, was a disaster. Hamilton was turned into a ghost town. Yet, oh my God, the whole world saw how beautiful our escarpment is. Right, because the whole world came to ride bicycles up the Queen Street Hill. It was the most ridiculous um, Nazi-esque propaganda, and I mean the propaganda not from the Nazi era, not Nazi in terms of its, that what you saw with your eyes did not remotely match what you were reading and believing in terms of the hype. We didn't fill our hotel rooms for that. We did not put on successful events in the festival around that. And it's those kind of things that we need to remember so that we learn and don't do them again. Not dwell on, 
So with the Grey Cup Festival, uh, with the Grey Cup event, presumably, and, and look, it'll be the Ticats and the city that will mm-hmm. say what's going to happen. Presumably you will have the game at the stadium, and probably mm-hmm. that's all you're going to have at the stadium because there's nothing, as you say, around it. But you can, with the Convention Center and maybe with First Ontario Center and other things, you can, I would think, you if you do it right, if you put the thought into it and they're creative, you can create something where you can have a central area for the Grey Cup party that people who are visiting, people who are flying in here can... Yeah, of course you can. can I'm be just okay hoping with, can be happy that that with. kind of stuff is successful because that kind of stuff certainly was not successful for the cycling. Well, and that kind of stuff is going to have to be successful. And the reason is because, to your point, the one thing that... One of two things happens as a result of this, because it does have the eyes of the country on it for that period of time. Mm -hmm. People either leave Hamilton saying that was, as Bob Young has promised, that was the best event we've ever had. And I can't wait to go back to Hamilton for the next time. Or you have people saying, geez, I hope they don't put it back there again. Can we please go back to Regina where the CFL... You know, where they know how to do it. And we know they know how to do it because they did it six, seven years ago. So there is absolutely going to be pressure on the team and on the city. And I am of the opinion that they can do it. Thing is, they just have to do it. There is is no, you use the word, we can't be embarrassed. I, I agree with that. We can't, this thing, 96 was an embarrassment. We were selling ty- uh, Grey Cup tickets, two for one at Tim Hortons the week before the mm-hmm. game. Now, the league was looked like it was on its deathbed then. The Ticats looked like it, they were on their deathbed different times. But we, you can't have a situation. This has to be a success. And so for that reason, I'm okay with the city putting the $1.7 million in. So am I. I'm okay with it. I would like to know the breakdown. I, I, I do think it matters about the cash and the in-kind, but that's okay. We can disagree on that. But uh, we do have to make this thing work. This thing has to work. It has to be a success because another 1996 will make Hamilton look atrocious. I think the Ticats can do it. I, they've done good things before, but it has to work. And we need to judge the success of our event by those who came into Hamilton and partook in it and absorbed it, not self-rating uh, it with, because we've already said, we've already said it's going to be the best ever and we're going to beat our chest and tell you that that it is. Well, That's th- no way of... No, I think honest honest self-assessment is fine. Mm-hmm. Honest self-assessment. If you're here and you're going to the Great Cup parties and you say, you know what, that was the best time ever, Great. that's fine. Love it. That's fine. But again, if we need to hook a few people up to a lie detector machine and inject them with sodium pentothal just to find out on a self-assessment and if it's great that's what we want it's got to work and I, I think it will they've got I think the extra year we got to go break I think the extra year Absolutely. is a good thing very much so because it gives an extra year to figure some of these things out and to get a better team together well that's it we'll talk about that All one right. later you're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML the day that the SNC-Lavalin story really went berserk was the day that Justin Trudeau was in Winnipeg. Remember the press conference when he was standing in front of the buses in the bus depot? I don't know if you saw it. Uh, that's not what we're going to talk about. I just want to set that stage, that there was a press conference where he was there to give federal money to the city of Winnipeg for the buses. And when the mayor of Winnipeg got up to talk... He thanked the government of Canada for its money that was paying for these buses. And I must tell you, it is a pet peeve of mine, drives me nuts every single time, why people who thank government for money, because it's not the government's money. Why was the mayor of Winnipeg not thanking the people of Canada for the money, because it is taxpayers' well, money that is paying for it. It is not the federal government. But it's the federal government they that directed decided it. to give it but to it, I understand that. But it's a huge pet peeve of mine when you say, I'd like to thank the federal government for their money to make this thing work. So the correct um, thank you for thanking them to decide it, go here as opposed to somewhere else. We saw the same thing now with the Grey Cup. Thank you to the city of Hamilton for its... No, it's thank you to the taxpayers of Hamilton 
for the $1.7 million going towards the Grey Cup. This is one thing that drives me nuts, that somehow governments believe the money is theirs, and they are then handing it to other people. It is not theirs. And I think that the problem with this is, and the reason it makes me so upset, is not because of this. I don't, you know, not because of a thank you. It's because as long as you have it in your head as a government that this money is ours, there is far less urgency or need to be very, very, very careful with it because we can make mistakes, whatever we can, there's always more. If you are thinking this is the taxpayers that I am the, the bearer of the taxpayers purse that Lauren has handed me his whatever amount of money and I am using that to the betterment of society, I'm going to move that. I think it makes you a far better, far more careful, far more financially tight and strong government. Listen, I, I like everything you said, and that statement needs to conclude with a declaration that you're running for something. I'm not. Oh. I never will. But it's always the case that governments it, apparently seem to think the money point. is theirs. Well, yeah. And so when Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister Trudeau, shows up, and look, he this is not a, a knock on, on him. Every single politician alive has done this. All right, this is, it just, he happens to be the one who was there that day. This is, it, it was Stephen Harper, it was Jean Chrétien, it was everyone. When you stand there and you accept plaudits and say, oh, you're very welcome, it was not your money. Right, but government thinks it generates money and taxation is their generation mechanism, so. I would, the next time someone puts up a plaque somewhere saying funding was provided by I would love to see the plaque not say funding was provided by the government of Canada. I would love to see it say funding People was provided by the taxpayers of Very Canada. Nice. It would, uh, to Hell me, of an idea. You're to right. me, it's not just a point of getting a thank you. Mm-hmm. It changes the thinking behind the money you're spending. It really does. I don't know. I, I, I'm I, with you. And yet we will never, ever see that happen because what government can ever see themselves getting reelected if they can't point to the fact that we built this for you? We gave you the money to build this. We're not, well, if, if the LRT ever happens, hmm. we are not going to hear that we are building this because of a contribution, involuntary though it may have been, but we are never going to hear we are building this because of a contribution from the taxpayers of Ontario. It will be... Who on that plaque, wherever that plaque is, it'll say the, the, the premier, whoever's the premier at the time that they open it, and the transportation minister, and the local MPP, and it will not say where the money came from. That drives me nuts. It drives I, me nuts. And this was just another, we've had two examples in the last week, and I, I bet you, I mean, I haven't been keeping up. I don't know how many other government sure, announcements there have been. It's a standard operation. Yeah, you're right. Sold. Love to see, love, love to see for once a government say, a government, and you know who should be doing it is a government like the Ford government that has been saying, we are a government, uh, you, we're trying to save the people's money. I'm, I'm having dinner with Doug on next Wednesday. I'll certainly mention this to him. Are you really? Yeah. For sure. For real. Yes. What are you doing with Doug Ford? Never mind. I share too much. Man, we got to have you back in after your uh, your meeting with Doug Ford. Put in a good word. If the government's going to be giving out money, CHML can use. Some. How about this? Why don't why doesn't this, I could. this entire mindset be the bedrock of the new province of Turks and Caicos? <laughs> I would be all that for they it. will. Their government will understand that they don't exist without the people's money. Except right now, they the, don't even have taxation, so that's a bit of a problem too. Right. Hmm. They're going to have to change right, back it. Back to Montana. They're going to have to change it and tax You're everybody, right. and then everyone's going to be upset with You're them right. anyway. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Do you know what this Sunday is? What's on this Sunday? Uh, the Oscars. The Oscars. Yeah. Are you a big fan of the Oscars? I'm not, not interested in any award show that I'm not nominated in. Were you ever? But I mean, once upon a time, would you watch the Academy Awards no. or would you watch the Oscars no. or um, or the Grammys? I or? like movies that I like. I like music that I like. I don't. Well, what difference does it make? Who wins in in my world? And 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 if I do take a brief look at, no, I don't. I don't even understand at all 
what these movies are, what like Do, would be, would a movie it. would a movie winning or being nominated urge you or or hundred percent inspire no. you to watch Absolutely it? Absolutely not. So even if you hear that, let me pull up the name of the movies here that are uh, where's the movie that's the nominations? That's actor, actor, actress. Where are the list of the? Um, so the the Panther movie. Black so, Panther, yeah. Okay, so I don't like superhero movies. Even if it's the best movie, says the Academy this year, still not interested. I don't like superhero movies. I'm not, not a big superhero movie fan. Not my thing. Oh, uh, I can't even find. How come on this? Oh, here we are. Best motion picture of the year. Okay, Black Panther. Not interested. Black Klansman. Didn't see it. Bohemian Rhapsody. Meh. The Favorite. I don't even know what that is. Me neither. Green Book. Supposed to be supposed to uh, be intriguing good. story, maybe Roma. Nope. A Star Is Born. Saw it. And um, it's my second of the three versions of Star Is Born. And Vice, which apparently he, uh, it was well acted. Nope. I I I used to watch the Academy Awards. I used to. For a couple reasons. One, because I always thought that, especially at the beginning, Billy Crystal was good for a lot because Billy Crystal did it for years and he was always pretty sure. funny and you have 15 no. minutes of good chuckles and then, you know, whatever. And somehow there seems to be this, I think it's, I don't think it's an uncommon view. I think a lot of people have this view that they have a favorite movie they've seen that year and somehow they feel personally invested that they really want their favorite to okay. win. Much like a sporting event, you you have a favorite in an event, you want that, you know, you don't know, you don't have a, you don't know the boxer, you don't know the tennis player, but you want them to win. There's right, some, but there's a game where there actually is a winner as opposed to... An objective winner, <laughs> that's correct, as opposed to this, where it seems now to be, I'm not sure what the criteria is, it doesn't always lobbying, seem to be... Marketing, well, lobbying, absolutely. Sure. There's a lot going on behind, I mean, apparently, Netflix apparently has spent $25 million just on the marketing campaign for Roma, which was their first ever Netflix-produced, created Academy Award nominee. They, they're desperate that this wins because it gives them I'm probably credibility. the only guy on the planet, but in my treehouse in the forest, there's not enough bandwidth for Netflix. I don't. I don't have an account. I never watched Netflix. I will not watch Roma, I guess. I, I've, I have Netflix. Uh, there are many other things that I have lined up on my favorites list before I would probably get to Roma. That said, that said, if if I did watch this and it was a clip that they showed that I went, wow, that looks real, I, I might be dragged into watching it. Except the problem is, I'm pro- I'm, my chances of watching the Academy Awards on Sunday night are about the same as me hacking into some mainframe to launch missiles from NORAD. Yeah, I'm I'm a giant zero. I'm goose-egging that. But no, see, the one I would watch, the one I will watch, the one award show that I will watch is the, I can't even think of the name of it now. What's the one that uh, they do every year? It's the, not the People's Choice, the the Golden Globes. Globes. Where they had, uh, uh, what's his face from the British office? Um, Ricky Gervais hosting when he, for about three years, just absolutely torched all the celebrities. He got up there and just shredded them. And I thought, okay, now that I would watch. I will sit there and watch one celebrity just tear s- hilarious strips off other celebrities all day long. That well, I'm okay I with. I do enjoy the celebrity roast that used to be on HBO. That I will watch. Yeah. I don't want to watch someone get up there and just tell me how wonderful and special and unique and uniquely special and specially unique... <laughs> These celebrities are before they head off to eat buckets of caviar and drink four thousand dollar bottles of wine. I don't. I don't. Uh, and is that, is that jealousy? Them. I don't no, know. I don't begrudge them any of that. But you don't need me to be interested in it. No. Uh, I, I'm. I have now made it. Uh, by the way, I think this is five, six, seven. I don't know how many years in a row now that I have yet to see a Best Picture nominee. Picture, best picture, which by the way, is the most stuffy, stuck up way of describing a movie. You know that you are way too uppity or whatever the word would be. I don't know. If you call a movie a picture. A picture. The only people who call movies pictures are the same people who call Robert De Niro Bobby. 
If you've got to be in that, nice. that nice. you know, that movie world. If you're talking about Bobby and you mean Robert De Niro, you're probably talking about a picture you right. made with him. Who, who else other than movie actors refer to them as pictures? Anybody? I don't think so. Probably not. I mean, think, think if we use this for other things. I'm not doing a radio show with you. We're doing a, a radio log. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't even think of the I, word off the top of my head. But right. if we had this like very stuffy, well, why inside, don't why don't you know the inside lingo for I radio? Should. You've been doing this long enough now. I, I I don't keep up with the vernacular on the radio stuff. I I only show up to do my show. Watch the Eric Pagosian movie Talk Radio. And that's maybe that's an old one, or just WKRP in Cincinnati. That wasn't talk radio. Though. No, it wasn't. Well, Johnny Fever talked occasionally. Sure Venus Flytrap talked. Les Nessman talked. Les Nessman did talk. Give that man some walls. But there's something else about the award shows, especially the Oscars. That and I'm not being dumpy on it because actually there is a Hamiltonian who is nominated this year. Mm, I read that. Had him on the show. Uh, and and congratulations to him. That's wonderful. Yes, and I and that is the one I am rooting hard. See, it's not those those awards. And this sounds like I'm backing off. It's not. I'm not trying to to finesse this the the people who and I was going to say the guys but it's men and women the people who have worked at something and are getting this I would rather watch the small awards because those awards really matter to those people but you people. haven't seen any of the no, movies no, no. of the small I understand awards. that but I, the, I, at least I know that if he or someone else in his category wins that Oscar that is a life changing moment for that person and those are not he is not a huge celebrity well, he of is course. The, I would love to watch him and I'm hoping it's him but if it's one of right, the others Scott that's like watching a sporting event and having no idea who's playing true right if you haven't seen the and how movies, do you cheer for them how do you cheer for that it's less about that it's just the concept it's the concept that I know that if you are someone who's not making 25 million dollars every picture and you are not living with servants doing all your stuff and wearing designer gowns, that this has been your entire life on your free time with loans <laughs> to make this thing happen, poured into this, and you've now succeeded. I, that kind of story to me, I, I can get behind that. Sure, I can but you're enjoy cheering that. for this guy because he's got the Hamilton Yeah, tie. Oh, absolutely. I assume everybody in the category he's nominated in has a story like that. And, and that's why I'm non-celebrity, saying. non-celebrity, low-budget uh, and, and for that reason, as much as I'm rooting for him, if he doesn't win uh, and someone else does who's in the same position where you say, okay, they are someone who really, it's, it's been one of those upstart stories, I, I'm okay with that. But mm. the other part about this, besides that, it seems as though the movies that people like never get nominated. And again, it goes back to the idea of picture. We people can't like Bohemian Rhapsody. That was well, that's an exception. It. And people like Black Panther. There are a couple exceptions. I will give you that this I'm year. Sorry. No, no, this no, year. No, no, you're right. This year, I, and, I take no, it no, this year. And and you know what? Like in and Titanic. You know, if you go back and look at that one and stuff. But by and large, the best picture nominees are usually ones that seven people have seen in some art house in Beverly Hills, and that's it. And then you say, oh, where and where can we see it? Well, you can't. Well, we can now see it at the Westdale Theater, perhaps. Wasn't last year's best movie the weird swamp thing guy? I'm not sure. Like, I'm thinking La La World or La La Land or whatever was a couple years ago. That's and a it couple won years ago. 300 o- Oscars. No, the, and the having sex with the weird... Shape of Water. Shape of Hamilton. Water. That's yes, it. it was filmed in Hamilton. Did that win? I don't know if that won. Did it not yes, win it did. Best Picture last year? It was year? Best Picture last year? Yep. All right, there's one I still so haven't I, seen. So I watched that on... Uh, How did you describe that? Having sex with the water thing? <laughs> it's like Swamp Thing or something. I yeah, thought it was yeah. ridiculous. And if, in fact, I'm a Philistine because I don't appreciate an Oscar award-winning movie, that's fine. But it, it was not for me. The one that should have been there that wasn't there, which was the one movie I saw this year, which was First Man which was actually pretty darn good. I don't know what that is. It was about the Neil Armstrong landing on the moon. And it was very good. And it got all kinds of hype at the beginning that this was going to be an Academy Award winner. And then somehow, because it wasn't released, I think, at the right time. Or or you don't know what you think you know about movies and it wasn't that good. Right. So so the fact that, and that's what I'm, that was my point, that if you like a movie. You're allowed to like it. Oh, I know you're allowed to like it, but they rarely pop up here. Sure. 
Dumb and Dumber 2 was never nominated. I'm kidding. I never saw Dumb. But Dumb and Dumber should have been nominated. Dumb and Dumberer. Oh, I'm kidding. Anyway, I just, I, 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 I would love to be excited about this. I really would. I would love to th- be looking forward and saying, I can't wait till Sunday so I can watch the Academy Awards. I'm, st- I'm struggling hard. There's always a ton of Oscar parties and people get dressed up yes, and they cheer for. If you're cheering for something you know nothing about and movies you haven't seen, it's silly. I'll tell you one other one, and you don't have Netflix, but one other, and it's got. I think it's the only nomination, achievement in costume design, not uh, costume design, which is like the most obscure one. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. If you if you have Netflix. Try it. Tom Waits shows up as a prospector. It's very funny. It's very weird. Um, Tom Waits is a fine actor. He's a good singer and he's a good actor and he's a good prospector apparently too. <laughs> Wonderful. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.